jump into the pool and join me in the deep end as we explore the phobias of our lives. My name is Matthew, and I'll be your host for today's episode. Episode 4, Cacophobia. Today's episode is about the phobia of ugliness. I, I need to preface this now. The accent in which people say this can change and sort of affect how people would hear this word. I bear with you to get over all of our little juvenile tendencies and look past any sort of pronunciation mishaps I have because I am from the South. And while I do my best to not have an accent slip through, sometimes it inevitably does. The phobia is cacophobia. Uh, and if you hear me say cacophobia throughout this episode, again, get your, get your giggles out now uh, because it is actually a very important phobia to discuss because of the tendencies that come along with it. Cacophobia is an irrational fear of ugliness, and if someone suffers from cacophobia, they will have extreme anxiety when interacting with someone or something they perceive as ugly. This can be anything from specific objects to conceptual ideas or situations. The problem with phobias of something so unquantifiable and personally evaluated is that each person with cacophobia could react to the same object in vastly different ways. And someone living with cacophobia could find themselves being very critical or judgmental of others. And in addition, they may be very self-critical to the point of having an almost extreme body dysmorphia. This can lead to an increased difficulty in interacting with others and can damage relationships with friends or family. And that sort of leads to a downward spiral effect where you might not necessarily mean to, but you shut yourself off from an important support system where if you don't know you're suffering from cacophobia, but you just have a severe aversion to a specific like familial trait, uh, you could no longer want to interact with your family because you find interacting with them so panic-inducing or repulsive. It's, it's difficult to describe because of how inherently personal it is. But I, I still think this is an important phobia to discuss because of tendencies in sufferers of it that is a sensitive topic but is just as important to discuss. Symptoms of cacophobia are intense anxiety when seeing something that is quote-unquote ugly and anxiety when thinking about something that is, again, quote-unquote ugly and an inability to cope with strong emotions and may be very judgmental and self-critical. Now, situations that can cause triggers or possible causes of the phobia, it, it's hard to describe this because there is no known cause for cacophobia explicitly. However, there is some suspicion that familial mental illness and one's environment could play a large role in the formation of this phobia. And because of this belief, if someone is predisposed to mental illness and suffers a trauma, they very well could develop cacophobia. And it is important of people to be self-responsive and learning information like that, where if you feel like something like this describes you a little bit too well, you might want to go seek professional help. Again, I am not a psychologist, and it is important to seek out proper methods of treatment when dealing with something as important and self-harming as cacophobia. 
And some other interesting tidbits about this phobia are that it's very rare and it has a very particular phobia due to its uniqueness to each person. However, this also makes it very difficult to isolate exact causes, treatments, and research methods for this phobia. This is a very rare and particular phobia due to its uniqueness to each person. However, this also makes it very difficult to isolate exact causes, treatments, and research methods for this phobia. The reason I've been harping so much on this being an important phobia is because it can lead to that body dysmorphia, and not in the sense of someone who feels trapped in their body, uh, because again, that is a very valid response and there are support systems in place for that as well. And this feels more towards being so repulsed about a specific aspect of your body that you will actively seek out ways to change that. Um, this could be anything from as little as, oh, I think my ears are a little bit too large, and you seek out plastic surgery to uh, correct that. Again, I use the term correct very loosely because it is such a sensitive aspect, but it it deals a lot with people's own self-image. And in our time, I do feel that that's an important aspect to discuss because if you use this phobia irresponsibly, you could very well negatively impact audiences by doing this. Um, if you If you use this phobia very irresponsibly, you could also be very transphobic in a sense. Um, if you don't respect that there are different sort of types of body dysmorphia where it's it's not necessarily about the feeling trapped in a body, but more of being so repulsed by your own body and not perceiving the real body you are in. Uh, that is where the confusion writers, uh, sorry, that is where the confusion writers face can very quickly turn into a ignorant story being produced. Um, I, I do not personally suffer from this phobia um, because again, it is very rare, but people who do suffer from it could also very well have self-mutilation tendencies. Um, there were some stories about people suffering from cacophobia repeatedly breaking their noses to try to change the shape of it. Um, and again, it is, it is a very touchy subject because of how surprisingly common, but also rare it is. Um, the specific phobia itself is very rare, but tendencies that are seen in this phobia are incredibly common. Um, and so I, I wanted to provide a trigger warning at the beginning of this episode, as well as before we delve into the story that I wrote, because there are self-mutilation aspects in the story and i i want to be a responsible content producer and give people enough of a heads up that there is that aspect in this story um so if you if you have trouble dealing with self-mutilation stories please i i won't be offended uh please skip the short story and go on to the next episode because I don't want you to feel uncomfortable and I would much rather you just learn about the phobia itself rather than having to listen to the story and 
suffer a sort of trigger event from that. So without further ado, we'll go on to the short story that I wrote, read by Madhvi Shingala. You looked down at the coffee you just ordered and hurriedly shoved the money towards the barista behind the counter. Avoiding eye contact, of course. You must always avoid eye contact. You can't stand looking at them. It's bad enough that they always make your coffee look just so wrong. You don't know how you'd react if you had to look at their unknowing, smiling, repulsive face on top of that. As you turn around and push your way through the glass door, you catch a flash of your reflection and flinch ever so slightly. Wait, what did you see? No. Now, need to get to the car first. You can see what it was in the car. You avoid looking inside your car since you know you'll see your face in the window if you glance up. So you decide it'd be better to just hurry inside. As you start the car, you pull down the visor and quickly open the mirror. At first glance, you can't see anything wrong, but you can feel that something is just off. Luckily, you manage to finish your errands while avoiding all of the normal people you just find so offensive to your existence. The stock boy at the supermarket whose right ear is half gone, the girl at the hairdressers whose hands are just too manly, and the crossing guard who's missing all but three of his teeth but insists on smiling at each and every car that passes. You don't understand why they don't keep their appearances hidden considering just how obviously repulsive they are. As you enter the apartment complex you call home and struggle with your bags as you call the elevator, you see it again in the metal doors as they glide apart. Something was definitely wrong. You saw it that time. Your hand shakes as you press the button for your floor. Three. Why can't they replace the button yet? The paint is fading and looks so repulsive compared to the others surrounding it. You're going to have to send the landlord another work order later tonight. But first, you need to put your groceries away. You put all of the fruits and vegetables away, all of them perfectly ripe and unblemished. You put your cat's food away in the pantry, all of the cans ordered by expiration and undented. And then you put all of your dry goods away, perfectly sealed and not a single box crushed. You sigh with satisfaction after finishing the tasks and decide to get down to what was bothering you. As you approach the bathroom, you nervously pick at your nails, their chipped and gnawed appearance betraying your firm belief that nothing like this has happened before. Something can't be wrong with you, you've always been so sure of how you looked. Not too pretty to seem artificial and not so drab as to seem neglectful, perfectly fine and the perfect amount of beauty for your style. However, as you look in the mirror, you can't help but feel something is off. You poke at your pores to ensure they're completely clean. You'll never forget the time you forgot to clear them out that one morning. The stares you got still haunt you to this day. You pluck some more stray hairs from your eyebrows thinking that what's bothering you is definitely around your eyes. But you still feel that spine-chilling itch when you look at yourself. Your heartbeat pushing blood out of the spots in your face you clean just a bit too hard. The involuntary twitch in your cheek makes you notice just how many hairs you pulled from your eyebrows. Too many, oh no, they look horrible now, and you can't fix them like you can the spots by your pores. 
wait, you have your brow pencil you can use in the morning before work. Thank God you got it the last time you plucked too many. As you smile once more in the mirror, you finally notice it. It isn't your brows, your pores, or even your nose. It's your eye itself. As you look at one and then the other, you become more sure about what is wrong. One of them is lazy. You can't tell which one it is because it keeps changing each time you shift focus. But you know what needs to be done. You go to the kitchen and collect the tools you'll need. Then you stoop under the bathroom counter to retrieve your extensive medkit, your reliable friend that has been through all of your imperfection fixes right by your side. You prepare some gauze and tape and then sanitize your tools with a bottle of isopropyl alcohol in the top right slot next to all the other frequently used items. You remove your belt from your pants, double the strap, and then place it between your teeth. This is going to hurt. You hold the paring knife up to your right eye and push. The only thing you can think of at first is just how smoothly the knife went in and then the pain makes your legs buckle. You catch yourself with your left hand on the sink and force the knife just a bit deeper. You need to make sure it comes out. You pull the knife out and suddenly feel something gelatinous drip down your cheek. As you tilt your head to look at what it was with your left eye, you feel a slight weight fall from your skull and pull taut with a new searing pain. When you open your left eye, you see the deflated sack that used to be the right one dangle from a thin pink string. There it is. You snatch up the kitchen shears and bite down once more on the belt. When you come back from the inky black of unconsciousness, you see your right eye's remnants on the floor in front of you, separated from your now perfect vessel. You smile as you start to bandage the aching hole where it came from. Don't want an infection now, right? As you gaze upon your face in the mirror, the dull throbbing from the surgery hidden behind the gauze, a creeping horror makes itself known. Your left eye is definitely the one that was lazy. Your frustrated groan is only followed by the sound of you beginning to re-sanitize the kitchen shears and then grabbing the ice cream scoop you brought just in case.